And welcome to the Split Screen Podcast. <laughs> uh, I am Alan Williamson, and I am joined, as usual, because I can't get rid of him, by Craig Wilson. Hello. And we are also joined by a very special guest, who is the only special guest we have ever had <laughs> on the Split Screen Podcast. It is Rick Lane. Hello. Uh, yeah, and Rick was the nice voice you heard in the wee, wee trio of introductions there. Yeah, but the, Rick pointed out last night, the first time all three of us have been in the same room for over three years. Really? Yeah, well, it was the last time we did the podcast, PC podcast, which was April 2011. Featuring the ill-fated game grape. Did you you wonder if we were actually just the same person in disguise, since you'd never seen both of us in the same place at once? (laughs) No? What? 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 Yeah. We all worked at the newspaper. We, we know each other for about three years before uh, then. <laughs> remember, remember the years of friendship before we started uh, this yeah. uh, I remember a while. Do you remember that there was this thing called the student newspaper, uh, yeah. which which we all wrote for several years. But for the sake of um, online history, that's not readily available, so that didn't happen. Yeah. 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 Oh, Cita- yeah. Citation needed. My adult life, I remember now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> So what what video what video games have you been playing? <laughs> um, I've been playing The Simpsons Tap that still. Oh yeah, so will be featured. So um, yeah, so Craig's been writing a Simpsons Tapped Out review that's been going on for so long it actually survived our transition to a new content management system, and this legendary tome is finally going to be ready for public consumption. So I've had to change the category of award because normally I would do the best game of the year of last year award. I didn't yes, best game of last year of the year. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't play anything that actually came out last year. <laughs> so, and I, sat, I had to go on Wikipedia and like look through the list, and I was like, no, 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 no. So instead, it is the best game of last year of the year before. Oh my god! So yeah, Craig, Craig's best game of the generation of last generation award. I do like a concept. What? What? Maybe what? you should just enrol me to write the screen. You seen this though? I actually play video games in the no, year that they come out. That's part of the charm is it's like it's like everybody knows what games I played that year because those were the games I gave awards to. <laughs> well, they could do maybe they could do new categories like best box. Okay. Best be, best best cover art, uh, best trailer. Uh, I don't know. I like it. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll need to revise these whole things then. Sorry, Rick, the podcast cancelled. We've got better work to do. <laughs> no, this is the first year. I'll, I'll, see you in, I'll see you in half an hour. <laughs> no, yeah. When we've got a subject. You, you know we really play along these things. But normally normally I do the I do the screenings. It's a tradition that I do them on New Year's Eve at about 5pm and the brothers are like, fucking hurry up, we're going to the pub. They're like, I'm nearly finished, I'm nearly finished. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear my opinions. And then go about New Year's Eve at 7 o'clock and nobody cares because everybody's half cut by that stage. So it's quite nice to actually have them finished a couple of days early. Mm. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, huh, I can actually play a video game now. Filled with like half blouts in similes. It's like a butterfly in a uh, fridge. Butterfly <laughs> in a fridge? Like whole thing or just one wing flapping desperately? <laughs> Suction's too strong. Yeah, it's like capturing lightning in a teacup. <laughs> it's like a leopard stuck in a washing machine. All my all my similes revolve around white goods. Well, well, right, let's, let's keep the racism out of the podcast, Whoa. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not doing game gripe anymore. You can't just blame those people for your problems. So it's been a long time. It was, it was, about, it was about video games, not really, it wasn't you, Kip. So it's been a long time since the gripey gamer. Um, or game gripe. I'll say it's... it's I, I, in, in a very broad sense, it's been no time at all since the gripey gamer. He is everywhere now. He does not need a website anymore. <laughs> The yeah, gripe is all, all over the world. When angry video game nerd was but one man, <laughs> rather than the norm. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like Rick's actually like progressed on massively since then. You're actually a success. We should be coming on your I podcast. Know, like. Yeah, I are I are journalist. <laughs> so tell us where you've been writing for, because you because like, you because well, okay. So whenever we did the last podcast, you you were doing game gripe. I think you were doing stuff for Plughead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere yes. David Brown's going, oh yeah, plughead. <laughs> but uh, so wh- where else were you writing for? You need to tell people how your how your story evolved. Do you want to, you want me to tell my story? Yeah. Rick Lane, your story. <laughs> this is your life. Please tell us <laughs> the details of your life. So I guess um, I I guess firstly I kind of I did a like a feature for BitTech, and that was the first kind of um, actual proper paid feature that I'd done. What was that feature? 
I can't remember. Oh. So long ago. No memories. But it was a good feature. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did some work for IGN, and then, um, and then I started doing uh, a regular feature for custom PC called the Engine Room, which is about. Well, originally it was supposed to be just about graphics engines, but that quickly became a little bit boring. So it <laughs> say it in so <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of evolved onto now it sort of looks at the sort not of boring the midpoint yeah. between sort of where the technology meets the sort of art art design kind of thing how the technology is implemented to make games yeah. interesting so because I didn't want to do just like a sort of tech breakdown like the digital foundry do that's going to push two million polygons which is slightly more than one million polygons of the last iteration of this engine yeah and I didn't want it to mark was fifteen hundred polygons. And <laughs> I didn't want it to feel like... I, w- I wanted to kind of teach people a little bit about these techniques, yeah. but without, like, pushing them away through technical jargon. Mm-hmm. So and so the way to do that is to discuss how, why those things are interesting in the context of yeah. the game that is being powered by this engine. Well, so, like, the technology is interesting because it influences the games. Like, whenever Max Payne came out and had its own custom engine, you could, like, you know, all the scenery could get blown to bits and stuff like that, and they could do yeah, all those bullet time things you couldn't do in, like, I don't know, the Quake engine or the Unreal engine. So, you know, those kind of things are, are cool. Or, like, uh, whenever I was doing my Unreal book, I was talking about how the Unreal engine let you do wide-open spaces because something like Quake, you kind of, uh, you know, you build kind of boxes up from the ground and it all had to be sealed in. Because otherwise you end up with like huge memory leaks and frame rate crashes. Whereas the Unreal Engine, you're basically carving out of an enormous block, yeah. and making hollow spaces, and it meant you could do these really expansive mm. worlds. And now, it's like now, you can do anything with anything. But you know, back in the day, those limitations meant really cool things. Like earlier today, we were playing um, Outrun, yes. the Game Masters exhibit in the National Museum of Scotland, and it's not even 3D. It's actually like as you move, it's just a series of 2D platters yeah. coming towards you really, really quickly. And it's that. So that's kind of sprite scaling technology gives you like the illusion of it being in three dimensions. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like when you think back to the old Mario Kart and the SNES, it's like a similar idea where your character was actually just a little two D sprite on the front, but then the map was kind of just yeah, and, and it was it was kind of faked really that you were moving around it. The mode seven thing, yeah, it's yeah. Al- it's almost like it's kind of like you're in one spot and the the map's moving under you almost. Yes. It's kind of like when you play those old racing games. And it feels like your car is like, you know, been skewered and just kind of twisting around in one place rather than actually moving down the track. It's like, yeah, it's a weird kind of thing. So you did the engine room? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, in two, like, the start of 2013, um, Joe Martin, who was games editor of Custom PC at the time, uh, left and uh, to do, I don't know, a real job. And, uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, he, he, he says he's retired, but he always keeps coming back. Not that I don't, not that I don't like to see his work or anything. <laughs> a real job that matters. Joe, we need you. God damn it, I'm retired. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> put the, the J signal. Yeah. God damn it, Joe, you got to put it behind you. God damn it, Chief. <laughs> to the Joe-mobile. <laughs> but he does kind of do that now, because he does his... Uh, He's doing his deleted scene features for Eurogamer, so yeah. Joe kind of appears whenever we need him to, <laughs> to write brilliant features to brighten up your Sunday. <laughs> He's the hero that we need. But yeah, so you did custom PC, and you've been doing it regularly ever since then. Yeah, they took over from Joe, and he was also a games editor of BitTech at the time, and then about six months down the line, they also got in contact and asked me to do their their stuff, and you know, and then I just freelanced the odd bit for like Eurogamer and so forth. And PC Gamer as well. Yep. Which is good, which is good, because you know it's always been one of my favourites. So it's cool, cool <laughs> to see you joining the hallowed hold of all those folks. So yeah, it's uh, it's all fallen quite nicely into place, I suppose. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good year. Yeah. So apart from that, I have no idea what we're talking about. Then. That's about <laughs> the, the extent. See, well, if we'd have been clever, what we should have done is use each of each of the points in Rick's life to kind of springboard into a discussion about video games. Ah. But instead, he just kind of told us, "Oh yeah, that's quite nice." I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So <laughs> let's go back to the. <laughs> but, uh, well, I don't know. Do you there? have like the like, like earliest sort of gaming memory? Earliest gaming memory. Yeah. My earliest gaming memory is playing Batman. No. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, no. This is interesting. My earliest gaming memory is no, no, Dad, don't hit me again. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it off. I'll, Batman, do, I'll go back to school. Okay. Batman, no. I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> he, he stole all my toys. I don't think it was Batman Sorry, at all. Sounded like a Vietnam-style flashback there. <laughs> no, that was my, my earliest gaming memory on a console that I owned myself. 
was playing the Sega Mega Drive version of Batman. The the first Batman. Was that the one yeah. where Batman was about half the size of the screen? Um, probably not. No, it, no. If it's an early Mega Drive game, Batman was probably four pixels tall. The sprites got sort of chunkier as the Mega Drive went on. Because okay. there was a Master System version of Batman where Batman was about that, like he was, you know, I don't know, the size of a grape on the screen. <laughs> grape man. Sorry, I've just made me three eating the chocolate fingers here. Um, Sorry. He leaned really far out of the, the, the microphone for it, but now he's laughing. Happily. This, was a, this was a serious judgment of error. Just says bits of finger flecking into your the eyes. struggle yeah. in, in his face as he tries to silently so, eat this chocolate finger. You can put an entire box of chocolate fingers in the middle of the table within reaching distance, <laughs> and then expect me not to scoff. It's those. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow, he just rubbed his fingers all over it. And everyone heard it, too. <laughs> My fingers are clean. Yeah, but you're conscious, isn't it? <laughs> so, 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 great, so you're playing Great Man with the Master System, and then that evolved to, well, not quite Raisin Man, but Olive Man on the Mega Drive. Yeah, so that was the first, that was the earliest, but like, obviously, before I had my own games console, I played stuff on other people's games consoles. Mm. And the earliest game memory I have is, like, I have a game that I... I, d- I don't know what game it was. It was on, I think it was on the PC, like a really early PC game. It was a side-scrolling thing, and all I remember was sort of like a strapping man with a gun, as it always is. That um, narrows it down. Um, <laughs> running around, running around at a level that involved a lot of ladders. That's all I can remember. Donkey Kong? Elevator, elevator no, no, action? No, 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 no. A, str- a man. No, Craig, that was ladder action. Oh, sorry. I said a strapping man with a gun. I'm pretty sure Mario didn't have a gun in Donkey Kong. Unless you were referring to Donkey Kong, in which case he's not even a man. <laughs> yeah, he's an that, was a, that was a terrible suggestion. It's just I've got, I've got all the games of Game Masters. Yeah, in my head. so my earliest one, like I remember having old liquid crystal display watches. The sort of the, they're not the game set watch things, mm. but it's where it was like a baseball game, and the like the batter just had three positions. So a kind of Tiger Electronics cheap. Yeah, there were like, and loads of oh, those okay, things. Yeah. Um, mm. And then it went to like a Game Boy with Tetris. So your like first Christmas. console was a Game Boy? First console mm. was a Game Boy. We didn't have like any of the Atari or Spectrum or any of that kind of stuff. It went straight into the good stuff. Yeah, well, I, I started off with the, the Mega Drive as well. And I've actually mm. got, I've got my Mega Drive Collected Works book that mm. I missed it in the Kickstarter for, but found in the museum gift shop and then opened it up and opened up the display copy, saw the original Mega Drive blueprints, and was like, I love you. But it's actually got this as... That book has all the artwork of all the games I first had. So I got mine it's Christmas 1992. Mm-hmm. So I did a video about it. You can see Baby Allen opening his Mega Drive. Mine was but, probably uh, the same year, I think. But, um, uh, yeah, so I had uh, Sonic, obviously. And I had um, Super Thunderblade and uh, Lotus Turbo Challenge, mm-hmm. which is like the best, the best opening music ever, particularly on the, the Amiga one, when it's got that kind of... Kind of vocal, vocal pips in there, right. um, and uh, the aquatic games starring James Pond. Which oh, was, that, yeah, that's it was pish. Classic pish, <laughs> I believe, is the uh, pish, or if you want to describe it in three words, puddle of pish. He's kind of like controlling those forklift slash little mini elevator things that you get in large warehouses. So you kind of trundle it up, and then you can like raise it up. There's a platform that raises. You can pick something off the top shelf. What? You guys have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. Never mind. What are you talking about? He he controlled weird. The aquatic games? Yeah. That's all you were trying to say? The controls are weird? And you would do this forklift at a warehouse analogy? Yeah, this huge extended metaphor that took about two minutes to describe. Come come with me on a journey. The the controls for James Bond sucked. (laughs) It was a bit like when we played Asteroids today. Mm -hmm. And instead of having a joystick to move left and right, you had two other buttons. Yeah. That was weird. So you had a left button, a right button, thrust, and then fire. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it really hurts. Yeah. (laughs) I, like I was like I was starting to get RSI quite quickly because like I, I just get bad pains in my right mm. wrist all the time and then and then you were like oh no I think I'm developing RSI from <laughs> 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 five minutes and that was yeah. it. We used to play asteroids during IT. Really? Like, yeah, because you know when the teacher wasn't looking, of course. No, okay. <laughs> okay, today kids, we're gonna play asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> games we had at school. I remember was Zumbinis. We we did this last time on the podcast. We did a bit gaming memories oh, because really? I no, but because I talked about I talked about or it was early PC gaming memories. Mm. I talked about Granny's Garden, oh, which yeah. is the cover of that podcast. Yes, and, and I, Scary Witch. And I talked about the 
game, uh, the PC being on a trolley that they'd wheel down. Yeah, the yeah, like a defibrillator. I That's probably good. made that joke last time. It's weird that the, the time is a circle. <laughs> but um, well, because okay, so here's something interesting. So last time we did, um, we we're talking about you know, PCs versus consoles, which is best, and it was all this kind of like slightly artificial battle because we all kind of knew Rick was right. Losing <laughs> <laughs> battle, but um, well, if it wasn't then, <laughs> yeah. But no, what I think is interesting is like I, I do like I do still really like playing on consoles, but I mean. Games rig is kind of a MacBook Pro now, yeah. but I actually don't see a point in buying the new consoles anymore. I think everybody, if, if, if somebody said, what should I buy to play games, I'd say, get yourself a nice gaming PC and a Wii U, mm. and that's all you need. It's funny, I've just got a Wii U. Yeah, because yeah, you, you, Gemma just got a... We, or, we, we put, put, a head, put a head together and we got a, ah, we got a Wii U. That's good, because yeah. I mean, that means you can, you, can get, you can make a claim to gaming time on it then. She embarrassed me by just like... Destroying me in Mario Kart. Oh, that's alright. It was just shameful. Do you want me to come round to your house later and uh, <laughs> humiliate her? <laughs> ruin, ruin her. Jesus ruin her new present. I mean, in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's got dark. I was going to say like a Pete Hitman, but yeah, that's no, yeah, I'm not going to. Look at it. You just made it worse. I'm not going to put a hit out in Vic's fiance because you beat him at Mario Kart. Like, <laughs> Jesus, man. I don't get to see you guys very often. No, you'd be thinking, God, that hell, he's a fucking bastard. It's not dark. <laughs> so, I don't, um, so I don't think we're going to be doing another podcast in three years' time yeah, now. That's because we'll all be dead. We'll all have <laughs> contract killers against each other. But, like, but I'm, so... The Mario But Kart whenever we is. did this, to, to, to get back on, on topic, he says, doing the, doing the quotation fingers, we, I kind of talked about the unique architecture of consoles, and I've talked about this before in other podcasts, how, you know, they're, they're interesting devices, and you can do interesting things you can't do in a PC. But actually... The PS4 and the Xbox One are just overpriced PCs and boxes, and there's really no reason to have them now. It's strange and how it's... As the budgets go up, um, it's going to be increasingly unlikely that you will get exclusive games. So looking at Craig's shelf, we've got Uncharted, uh, Little Big Planet, and Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, seem to be as only three PS3 games. They're the only three PS3 games I've got. And they are all PS3 games. I've got Nino Nino Cooney as well. Oh, that's good. There's been a. Which I've just started playing. There's a picture going around the line of an advert, like an advert on a bus stop. And it's for Assassin's Creed Unity, and it says exclusively on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Also exclusively on Xbox 360 and PS3. And it's just like. So can I just like have a picture of a Wii U with a sad face drawn on the gamepad like, saying no games for you? Yeah. <laughs> Not in your Wii U or iPhone. But yes, it's exclusively but on I, every platform except that one. But I'm at that stage now where um, I'm gonna now invest and get like a really good gaming PC. Yeah. Um, and looking at like there's just. It's, it's not even like there's zero interest in the PS4 or Xbox One. It's like actually negative because I kind of look at them and there's just nothing new on there. Yeah. They, 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 there really like, is a, a complete re- dearth of, of innovation. Like even whenever um, whenever the PS3 and 360 came along, you like Assassin's Creed, like all oh, that's a bit. Or different. once your Gears of War hit, yeah, or your yeah. um, you know PS3 had Little Big Planet and stuff kind of early yeah. on as well. Like I'm going to do something which looks at the first year of release for each console, but I'm just. All the games that people seem to be talking about, it's all the remastered stuff we kind of spoke yeah. about a couple a of A lot of people's kind of games of the year were like Last of Us remastered and, my and Grand Theft Auto V, which was everybody's favourite game last year as well. You put it in first person, Alan. It's a different game. <laughs> <laughs> which I find, really, I find that really weird, actually. Because I've watched some of the videos and it does have a different kind of vibe to it. But the camera is only moving the camera forward and like removing your avatar from the screen. Yeah, it does seem to have like uh, it's, it's just kind of different. Some somehow somehow. I don't know if it's a mental uh, thing or something like. I mean, it's mental, I mean, but you know. Oh, it's, it's pure it's mental, man. It's Grand Theft Auto. You can throw a mod over it. Who like? But um, psychologically, you know. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we've been playing these games for like twenty years and we're conditioned to treat FPS and 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 you know, those kind of third person action games differently. Maybe it's something like that. Because mm-hmm. even like you know, something like uh, Max Payne. Uh, like a Max Payne, Vanquish, Gears of War, they certainly feel very different to a first-person shooter, even though you're you're fundamentally doing the same thing. But there's definitely a different feel to them. Yeah. I do like I do like first-person games sort of more than any other. Not first, but not shooters necessarily. Just games that are in first-person. So things like you know, Gone Home, Dear Esther, anything like Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which yeah. one I really enjoyed or this year. Was it first-person? 
Yeah, yeah, vanishing um, the cultures, yeah. Oh, okay. No wonder he's vanished. Just pull the camera <laughs> back. He's right there. You're Ethan Carter. Game over. F3, mate. Just pull back. That's it. But like, uh, something like um, the Elder Scrolls games, you can switch between first and third person and they look ridiculous in third yeah, person. it just looks odd. Yeah, it's just like a mannequin you know, and a stick up its ass <laughs> walking around the forest. You know, my favourite first person game has been this year? Elite Dangerous. Mm. Even though you're like in a spaceship, yeah. it's all first person. Well, those those space games like X-wing and stuff, you could make those third. You could make those third person as well, but you wouldn't want to. Like yeah. they were always better in in the cockpit because you mm. could actually see your controls and your shields and stuff. Because it didn't bother putting up a HUD in X-wing and stuff. I don't think. Yeah, no. Well, well, Elite has your HUD in the cockpit, and it's like a 3D cockpit that like you can sort of, you can like, um, you know, you can free look. So you can just look around the cockpit, and you can and looking to the left brings up like your navigation menu. Looking uh, to the right brings okay. up your ship menu. Do you have a joystick for this? No, I just use I actually just use uh, an Xbox 360 pad, which is really good. And then I use you I use, use the, the mouse to free look. Well, no, or? I use the the, the 360 pad for like sort of piloting and combat and okay. looking around. And then I just use the key the keyboard for like hotkeys and stuff. Uh, so okay. just like you know, going into hyper frame shift is called I'm a hyperdrive. Yeah. You know, I imagine that kind of game would be really good with the head tracker. Like oh, kind of do you still have a Rift? Because you had a Rift for a while, didn't you? I, it wasn't my Rift; it was uh, Custom PC's Rift. So I, I got it to, to sort of do the review and stuff. But this yeah, is that's my right. Rift. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, like I was thought about again a dev, the second dev kit, but I'm just going to wait until the actual. Is this the what they call the, the the Crystal Cove one or something like that? Or? I don't know. Just dev kit oh. too. Oh, okay. Just with a slightly higher resolution, but I decided just to wait for the commercial one now. Maybe this could be you know when you know, the the Kevin Smith podcast where they come up with the plot of Tusk. Maybe we could do yeah. one about a thriller about Rick stealing a head tracking device. Richard Lee stars in The Rift. George George A. Romero had a film he was going to do which is similar to that. It's where the guy. Um, is under they invent something that lets people see their into people's dreams. Mm. So there's a guy lying down, and he's dreaming, and there's all these people who are watching the footage. But then the guy dies, but the dream doesn't stop. Oh. So it kind of goes off from there. I don't know if he ever made it in the end. Kind of interesting. Yeah, it was funny. So. You if he hasn't, we can go back, bleep out the name. <laughs> <laughs> I think Craig and Allen have come up with this brilliant idea <laughs> for a film in which you go into people's dreams. I don't think we've made it yet, yeah. <laughs> but we will, and we have copyrighted oh. the idea, and you cannot steal it. I'll clip those parts back. <laughs> it was funny you were talking about, like, you know, people's favourite games being games that didn't come out in the year that they were made. Um, or, like, the, See, the whole... It's a, it's the, the a common list. problem. Other people have it, too. <laughs> we're, once again, we are ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite game of last year was... Half-Life 2 because of the way the Oculus Rift just completely changed my sort of experience of it because like I used the Oculus Rift a couple of times for like um, like Team Fortress and a couple of other uh, like tech demos who's the naughty boy but it's, it's not quite as bad as um, somebody munching on chocolate fingers in the middle of the podcast but you know uh, <laughs> Gordon Freeman eats a box of chocolate fingers, the official game. Like I yeah, Half Life Two. Oh, cause I I played it again whenever I got my my Retina MacBook. So that's two years ago, and just Half Life Two is the best game whatever of the year, just, whatever year you play it. Really, it's, it's the game that keeps on giving. But yeah, in Oculus Rift, it's just like the way. What I found most um, surprising about it was the way it changes your attitude to height in a game. Because really? like yeah, because um, suddenly you. You can you're stood on the the ledge of like I don't know the edge of a cliff or whatever, and you look down and you're actually looking down into mm. into this abyss so you, or whatever. Did you get a you kind know. of little feeling of vertigo then? Not vertigo, but definitely I got wow, that's actually quite far down. And then you jump down and you get and I actually got the the sort of rush in my stomach of ah, you know like okay. when you're on a roller coaster or something yeah, like I that. I thought you were gonna say you were like Just looking down the edge of a cliff and then Gemma came over and pushed your chair. You were <laughs> <laughs> there are videos of line of people doing that <laughs> with the orchestra. Somebody's like, yeah, just like on a, uh, it's like I think it was a, in Russia or something. And he's just like, yeah, he was looking around and somebody pushed him and he went, ah, <laughs> like properly, like panic. It's basically just blindfolding people and then hitting them with a wooden spoon. That's not really. Yeah, it's it's it's. more thank you. Which as you know was my game of the year last year. Blindfold spin hits. Yeah, <laughs> great party game. For two or more friends, soon to become enemies. Yeah, remastered coming on the PS4. Remastered. Now the spoon's dipped in silicone. <laughs> your friends don't stick to it anymore. It's brilliant. So, so we talked about first gaming memories. What's your favourite gaming memory? Um, I think my I think my answer is probably going to rip off 
yours as well to some extent. Um, Left 4 Dead. Left any, Dead. Any times I've played Left 4 Dead, it's always the most fun I've had. Um, like, the, the, just a couple of flatmates I had in uh, uni, just going through the original Left 4 Dead on Expert and gaming it. I think we've narrated about this on previous episodes, but that's still... Like that's like the pinnacle of gaming for me. It's never gotten better than that. Well, we played it. Um, we played it a few days ago. We yeah. did it three three amigos and really enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah. And that, you know, it's like I played a lot of Left 4 Dead. Like, I must have clocked in, you know, a hundred hours on each mm. just with other people. And to go back, what? Again, like probably three years. Yeah. Um, you're you're talking two thousand eight, two thousand nine, whenever it all. Yeah, happened. we were. I remember. Um, you, I think you did a review of it this shouldn't you? I did it was my second, second thing because I, I remember yeah. photoshopping it was, it was about this time of year because I remember photoshopping a bobble hat on yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. zombie little, Chris, little sad father Christmas hat yes <laughs> um, but like yeah no, that, that <coughs> game it just still has the it's probably the closest I think I'll ever get to understanding why people watch football like in that I understand all the basic mechanics of what's happening people pass the ball and all that but like the excitement of a match like the excitement oh, of a round okay. of Left 4 Dead is always so kind of fresh even though it's the same sort of things that happen mm. someone's ran off and you're like oh, okay they're going to get smokered but like that excitement he always just, is always he's so just crazy. taking a corner it's not actually Left 4 Dead it's football the horde that's just a pitch invasion mate <laughs> what's interesting about Left 4 Dead and what a lot of I think other co-op games kind of get wrong is like all the, a lot of the co-op games are all about trying to get you to play together Mm-hmm. Like, the, all the stuff's focused on, oh, you can do all this with your friends, and da 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 Left 4 Dead starts like that, but what Left 4 Dead's trying to do instead is, is it's just constantly trying to separate you and pull you all yeah. apart. And that's what makes you stick together. It's yeah, not you, It's not like the game's saying, you you must go off and do this thing together. It's actually just trying to separate you and yeah, get you alone. And it does it through a sort of, like, almost, like, anti-cooperative way, because it's... Yeah, well, then when yeah. they brought in the new monsters in Left 4 Dead 2, like the, the jockey and the charger, those are just different ways of separating people that kind of played off the ways people had tried to stick mm-hmm. together. And the spitter was the other one. People yeah, used to camp in a corner. They camp in a corner and they stopped you from doing that. But if you compare it to something like, I don't know, Diablo was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, Diablo 3 is designed as a competitive game. You get very... <coughs> <laughs> So Diablo three is a, it's a it's <laughs> so Diablo three is a cooperative game and you've got these really distinct classes that do different things. You've got like you know, you know I don't know. Well, I don't want to lie about three because I haven't played it that much. But two, you had like the paladin and the you know, barbarian wizards, kind of characters. Yeah, and you had like, wizards and you had witch doctors and things similar, and yeah. Amazons. Yeah, so like you had ones who were like a kind of a you know like your hacker and slasher and then your battle mage type and then more like support characters. Yeah, they're like, separating uh, out the classes. Yeah, or something like Fantasy Star Online, which is basically. Space Diablo, the one game I can't play again because you'll never see me <laughs> disappear into the abyss of addiction. But it had it had characters who were very much focused on support. But people used to still solo those like Diablo all the time, um, and you can, people do solo runs. They'll play it on their own and mm. stuff. You wouldn't do Left 4 Dead 2 mm. on your own, not because the AI is moronic, which is true. <laughs> it just w- it just is not as good. No, you can't. You can't it's because the AI sucks because the AI can't communicate and cooperate with you the way a real player does, and you must have that in order to survive. Like, if you go, oh, shit, a smoker's got me, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah he's not going to go, okay. And there is, <laughs> there is like, a kind of mutation mode in there where you can play as a sole survivor, so you don't even have your three AI buddies, and they kind of adjust it. Yeah. You know, how much they throw at you. But it just, it, it, it's much more akin to, like, a... What like happened? a bag road, lo, roguelike in a way because you're like well I know I'm going to fail at some point it's just yeah because like what if a hunter jumps on you that's, you, well, that's you, it, you're dead a yeah. smoker gets you 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 they, they they don't necessarily when a hunter gets on you it doesn't knock you down and then take all your life away they'll knock you down take your life down but then you get back up so you have a chance to well, um, okay. recover from it but you've still lost a big chunk of damage ah shit mm. but a lot of those things like a lot of those things are left for dead kind of whittles you down as you play and mm-hmm. the whole point is that you're trying to get to the save po- point to recharge your batteries you're just trying to get through that section it's kind of like a lot of games like I don't know your typical boss rushes at the end of old Mega Man games or yeah. any of those you know, or any, any old game where you had distinct stages that you don't quite see as much anymore you get like missions and stuff but a lot yeah. of games you know, like Gears of War your health recharges so you just need to get through each battle but older games like Google, Duke Nukem's and Half-Life and stuff, you had these kind of finite health packs, so you had to make it to the next health pack. And Left 4 Dead, you've got the save room and the place mm-hmm. where you've got your health and you've got your ammo and stuff. 
Um, but it's always trying to chip away at you. So a lot of the encounters with like smokers and hunters and stuff, you never really get through them totally unscathed. Yeah. It's really it's really unusual. So you are constantly being chipped away, and that's what adds to the tension as you go further through the stage because you know if you get knocked down one more time, you're left for dead. Yeah, and so equally, like, the better you do, you know that you're just going to be coming up against a harder wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or harder like opposition. You're never too right. far away from getting ruled out by a tank or something like that. So when you're saying about um, people who would soul through Diablo, yeah, you want share sh- uh, admission? Huh? Hmm? Shameful admission? No, actually no. Um, I uh, from 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 myself. Of yourself? Oh, I thought you said is that a shameful about admission? Like no, about I love to play that game on my own all night long. About <laughs> months ago, I downloaded uh, World of Warcraft. And give that another go. No. So. But but why would you do that? Exactly. We, had, we had that lovely we had that lovely week either week of Warcraft. And, yeah, and, and I, I had my it. three months of Warcraft, and we agreed we agreed to stop, <laughs> and we went to the counselor, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was all okay. But that was before I uh, created a hunter class, which is like a little dude with like a little pet, and I called him the uh, Taragor. 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 <laughs> I think it's it's uh, Gaelic for traveler. And I was like, that's a good name. And I thought it was like a, a good... I thought it was like a twist on a, a herb. <laughs> and I got about twelve or thirteen levels in before the usual bullshit became apparent. I was like, this isn't very fun for me anymore. You it's play. the usual level cap. Oh, you get an item. Oh, you can't use it till you're a couple levels higher. Maybe we should just get, go a couple uh, more levels in. We could get Destiny for the PS3. You know, play Destiny. It's the new. It's the new game you play to grind rather than actually playing a game. I've got my, I've got anyway. my grindy game on my my phone. I'll stay on, man. <laughs> Your girlfriend listens to this. Don't let her know you've got a grinder. <laughs> but uh, but no, like, it was interesting. Like a lot of people's game of the year lists had Destiny on them, which I thought was mm. really strange because it kind of it it didn't get panned, but it, it didn't but get the. People kind of went. Eh. Yeah, it wasn't like when Watch Dogs came out. Whenever it was like, oh, Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs is so good. And I was like, Watch Dogs is clearly crap. Nah, and anybody that thinks this game's good, you know, you're it's not. Your judgment is called into question. Destiny, what happened was people reviewed it and they said, oh, it's okay, it's not as good as it could be. And then they kept playing it. They kept playing it all the time and they were always talking about the new stuff in Destiny and it kind of, people have just been hammering away at it pretty much constantly since September. Because I played the beta and really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, great, it's a new Bungie game. Praise the gods. They're like the naughty dog of first-person shooters. <laughs> Destiny's the one... Like big game this year that I haven't played because it was console only. And Probably yeah, and also because I just didn't have the time to do that and everything else that was coming out yeah. at that time. So <laughs> did, but, did BitTech cover it? No, um, we're, we're you know we're obviously PC centric. I am BitTech. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's funny talking about like the BitTech. You hear when you ask like the BitTech cover it, it's almost like when you ask Bruce and like did Batman solve it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Batman was busy doing other things. <laughs> um, it's funny when we're talking about World of Warcraft though, because that's I've never played World of Warcraft ever. I wouldn't bother. No. I mean, the, re- the, the thing yeah. I the thing that still impressed me was the look of it and uh, yeah and the, you know the art style and for like how limited they are in terms of number of polygons and stuff uh, and wow. the and the whole run i liked running around and the exploring i liked that yeah. but then it was just trapped in this really boring but, game but that but that has drastically changed since 2004 they yeah. haven't like they haven't they haven't sat on their asses it's not like you know it's this ever evergreen game like no. if you look at how the character models have changed it's like it's an enormous there's, difference and then they did then of course they did Cataclysm where they completely changed all of Azeroth and rejigged like the whole the whole shebang I think I started playing it uh, when, when we, was, do we play after Cataclysm? before before. We played before and then slightly after because I think I may have played it after. I think I played it after the, catac- the cataclysm happened mm-hmm. and the area I was in at the time no longer existed. <laughs> it was destroyed by the cataclysm. It was like some I'd, beautiful lake. It turned into yeah. barren canyon. I think that's, I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty admirable, yeah. Yeah, and um, like they, that's one thing about um, Blizzard. They don't, they don't, they don't sit yeah. in their laurels. Like they did all mists of Pandaria or something mm-hmm. and, and I actually think the subscriber numbers are up again because yeah, it always seemed like World of Warcraft was like beginning the inevitable slow decline to like EverQuest style yeah. levels people still play EverQuest well there's there's a really good documentary out that Blizzard made it's called Looking for Group and you can you can find it on YouTube for free and it goes up um, from the very beginning concept right through past um, mists of Pandaria um, and it sort of tracks that What's well, kind of interesting about it because it looks at what it meant for the developers 
Mm. They kind of show how they're trying to keep it fresh for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then that whole thing of like that show, The Mist for Pandora, a lot of that came out because one of the artists drew the pandas for his daughter. Ah, okay. And then they just thought, like, oh, that's a cool looking character. Like, I wonder if we could like do something yeah. kind of different with that. And then that she just went, oh, I can't believe we're actually doing pandas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. It's like it's their, it's their world and they can do whatever they want. And mm. they're, they're skilled enough at world building. Like, mm-hmm. when you think of things like. You know, like Warcraft and Starcraft and things. Those are really interesting sci-fi worlds they've created, and it's like you know, it's, they're just very good at what they do. It's but they do take a very long time to do it, but you know. But it's, it's like straight for me. It's just like it's a game like I, I look at and admire, but still, like giving it like a second go again, and just like oh, I just don't get it. Like in terms of me sitting down and putting time into like, it, it's like I just. I don't think get if it was if it was free. And you just and again, like people probably play, so yeah. people come home right, and, and like most people are not like us. The attention span of I don't know a gnat, mm. you know, like because I, I, I get bored of everything really quickly. But and, but some people just come home and they sit and they, and they just play Call of Duty. The only games they have mm. are Call of Duty and or FIFA, and they just play those every single night. And that that's how they relax. In the same way, that some people watch yes. I don't know EastEnders. Some people read I don't know women's books. magazines, style magazines. Okay. No, not books. Books are good things to read. I'm trying well, to not, just a blank I'm trying to be snotty about pop culture. Oh, okay. Um, so. You know, I can see if World of Warcraft was free, you sat down, you put a podcast on, like this one, for example, listen away, and you just played that to kill a bit of time. I think that would be okay. What I would not do is pay X amount of money per month to play it. Yeah. The only reason I never played it was because I did EverQuest and Star Wars Galaxies before that. And, by really? that, and I kind of, like, I got really into both of those. You were was... really into Galaxies? Well, um, yeah, well, not as much as EverQuest, because... Um, by me and my, the friend I was playing with it at the time, we both fell out, and that kind of put a, <laughs> put a you know, that kind of tainted the whole experience. You fell out with your ever crack dealer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so by that point, I was like, I don't friends know, forever played, quest. <laughs> friends forever quest. I'm gonna get this tattoo removed. <laughs> so we just kind of that was kind of enough. And most of me until Planet Side Two came out, that was the only one. But that's not really like your traditional. I don't, I don't like the traditional MMO structure. I just find it very well. Planet Side Two is basically it's a business model. It's, a big, it's like Battlefield, but much much bigger. Well, Planet Side Two is kind of the game everybody thought Destiny would be. Mm. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I like yeah, Planet Side yeah. Two so much. I'd... I think everybody expected these uber mega omni battles, and they're like, oh no, you're gonna have a party of three. What's the party limit in Planet Side 2? Eh, they just... A hundred? A couple hundred? Well, you can have 2,000 people on one map. Ah. Mm. That's, the, that's the maximum. And battles can range anywhere between, you know, 50 people to that 2,000. Sometimes there have been occasions where you've had those 2,000 people in one hex on the map. Everybody camp in the corner. Monster kill, kill, kill. I just imagine, like, it'd be amazing if they just teleported everyone into, like, a giant circle. Everyone's just pointed into the middle. The countdown appears in the middle. It's like three, The world's biggest Mexican standoff. Everyone's like, everyone's like got guns to each other's heads like that. <laughs> 2,000 people. Nobody fucking move! <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So that was my favourite gaming yeah. memory. Alan, oh. what's your favourite gaming memory? Um, I can't think of a particular one, so I'll tell you a, a recent Christmas gaming memory that was probably my mo- most favourite one, so, um... So for Christmas this year, I got The Last of Us for PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I told people not to buy me games, so they all bought me CDs, which was great. Um, but this year, um, Paul um, got me Moto Racer for the PS1. Moto <laughs> Racer was one of the first PC games I had. It was one of those kind of graphics card tester games they bundled with everything. Right. It's just like a, an arcade motorbike racing game. And... Um, so I had this PS1 version of Motor Game, a uh, Motor Game, Motor Racer, and thus the quest was on to try and get a PS1 working in the house. So we found an old PS2, and then we went out to the garage and found this really horrible arcade stick mm. that I cleaned with an antiseptic toilet wipe. And then we found the PS2 had a discreet error. Then we went to my brother's house, cans of beer in hand, he walked through the streets of my hometown to collect his PS3. So, um, so Paul got an Xbox One for Christmas. Right. His girlfriend got a Wii U. Um, I had my 3DS, uh, there was two MacBook Pros in the house, we had various iPads and iPhones, and we spent most of Christmas Day playing... <laughs> Ignoring each playing other. A, no, no, playing a PS1 game together from 1997 as a family of brothers. So oh. it really it had some really fun two players mm. and, and motor racer, and it was great. It's like, it's, 
It's kind of funny that, that this is the same Christmas that PSN and Xbox Live went down for two days. You know, we were just happy as a clam playing this really old motorbike game, putting the cheats in so we could unlock the extra courses. I think that was probably my favourite recent gaming memory. Like, a lot of my favourite memories were with my brothers. So a couple of years ago, Daniel got an Xbox 360, and we had, like, three Xboxes and two TVs, and, or, well, probably three TVs, eh, mm. in one room, and we, we all played Gears of War, so we had a big online horde match. Right. Well, um, well, so like a lot of those, like a lot of those memories for me are the ones where I've got together with friends. Like in uni, we did Halo Three with two projectors and two Xboxes, and had like split screen four player co op, and the whole the whole way through the game in one night. Or the day of the royal wedding, I went through to Glasgow and we did Halo Reach with yes. three people, three people, three Xboxes and three TVs in one day. Like those are the kind of memories I like are the ones we've got together with your friends, and like instead of just regularly playing mm-hmm. a game, the ones that were really like particularly yeah. notable. Yeah, well, it's funny, like, you were saying that your favourite was when you would play Lifida with your flatmates. You said it was with your brothers playing Outrun. My favourite, there are two. There are two, and I can't decide between the two. The first one was when uh, it was for early 90s. And Tomb Raider nude mod. <laughs> It's just a pink pair of trousers. That was not not an experience I did with my friends. Um, But it was an experience you did. Uh, Okay, (laughs) this is your life, Rick. My introduction to the modding scene. (laughs) God. Next in the engine room. I remember somebody actually, like... When I remember seeing that in a magazine yeah, and being yeah. so taken by it because I was like... It wasn't even, it wasn't even like, a cheat. It was like literally the, the... I remember it printed in this magazine and it was like the entire code that you would need to code into the game to change the skin of Lara Croft to th- this nude mod. And I just thought... Like, even as a kid, I just thought, why? Do you know the worst you nude know? mod? The worst nude mod was... Though, so, like, in Tomb Raider nude mod, it's just pink clothes, okay? Yeah. The Sims nude mod... I mean, you can remove the pixelation. Yes. And it's just, they're nothing like kind of Barbie like dolls. Androgynous, yeah. The worst, just the, worst all is, the, the worst is Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Yes. Where Microsoft sued and had most of the websites taken down because they have proper digitized breasts mm-hmm. and, and fannies on, in Dead or Alive Volleyball. Somebody has actually sat and drawn the fannies of these characters that you were never really going to see. That's, that's by far the worst you mod because they're actually nude. I've just been sorry for whoever I'm sitting and anyway, fake nipples. Thank, thank you, Craig, for torpedoing one of my fondest gaming memories there. With <laughs> some, some crass anecdotes. You, you've been on this before, right? <laughs> this is what we do. Remember, remember, Rick, I'm the one who edits the show. Editorial <laughs> <laughs> control. Sorry, as you were saying. Yes, so, and it was basically my uncle and my dad. My uncle brought his PC around to my dad's house and they connected them together and they played Doom. Mm. So they had like an early like 90s yeah. local area network and they played Doom together. And then they like me and my brother, I was about what, I don't know, six or seven, he must have been about four or five. Uh, and they let us play Doom together. And that Daddy, was the... Daddy, what's that pile of raspberry jam? <laughs> That's a dead demon, son. He's the spawn of hell. <laughs> ah, I didn't look at it like that in those days, it's fine. Um, so. That was really, and that was like, I think that was the first time I played a multiplayer game. Really, not um, yeah, there might have been like something, um, you know, like the Mega Drive game where there's two mm. players or something like yeah. maybe Sonic Sonic Two or something like that. But um, I don't think so. I think that was really the first time that I played a multiplayer game. I was with my brother, and it was just really nice. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't you can't beat local multiplayer. Like yeah. I remember even like in high school, my friends had hooked up on Real Tournament 2004, and even playing in the same room as somebody was just. So much better mm. than playing online or like yeah. um, you know all the old ones like your, your micro machines and stuff and Streets of Rage. Like I, yeah. I I played through when I did the Streets of Rage video for split screen. Um, Paul played through it with mm. me. We did two player and kind of chatted away through it. But it's not the same in Xbox Live as it is to be in. in well, I remember room. before just, just something about that. Like before both of us moved out of Edinburgh, or I think I moved out first. Like, the last thing we did, we sat and played through a bit of Streets of Rage 2 oh, at your flat. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that your favourite gaming memory? No? No. <laughs> no? Nothing's better for, a, like, a brotherly relationship than the ability to kill each other once in a while. No, we were. Actually, when I would play games with my brother, more times than not, we'd be cooperative, even in games that were, like, competitive. So when we played Worms, we would, like, sit and build things with all the girders. Oh, and then, like, destroy it all with banana bombs. Or when we had Red Faction, there was a level where um, you were... It's kind of a very long level where you've got these two um, outposts looking at each other. And it's you're in not, the multiplayer. It's in the multiplayer map. 
and we both get rocket launchers and like basically tunnel across and down and then down through like building some sort of channel tunnel of sorts and we like just keep blasting rocket launchers so we could like meet in the middle. It's funny you mentioned worms actually because the other one that I was the other one that is sort of tied with that doom memory is when me and Gemma first moved into the flat when we came to university mm-hmm. in 2007. We moved in on the day, and obviously we didn't have any internet, we didn't have any TV, you know, anything like none of all that, none of that stuff was set up. But I had brought my PC, and we had one, I think we had one game that we could play, sort of local co-op on the PC, and that was Worms Armageddon. Which is like the best one. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's 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 so good that I've got an ISO of it on a hard drive somewhere just so I can play it when I get a fix. Yeah. You know, yeah. Every every year or so, when you get the the urge to. Worm yourself, and I think we 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 just spent like three days before like everything got set up, just playing Worms Armageddon together, and it was really it was just great, you know. We used to do co-op um, on the we don't have co-op. We used to do local multiplayer on the Dreamcast. Right. Uh, Paul got Worms Armageddon, so we'd be down at like uh, a car the caravan in the mm-hmm. summer on a really rainy day, and you were trapped inside. We used to pass the controller about the four-player game of Worms Armageddon. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like Worms is like such a great game because you can kind of come at it at a lot of different levels. Like if you just want to have like a very chilled-out game and pass the controller, yeah. you can. If you really want to go deep and take it seriously and go like look at your wind speeds and set yeah. the timers on like the frag grenades and all of that stuff you can like totally have Learn, like, a great time learning it? how to get on the, across the map with a single ninja rope. yes all mm. of that kind of oh bullshit. yes <laughs> it's, but it's always really good when you're playing with somebody that didn't really understand how the physics work and they're just, they're just they're just about it. oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and be like, you go, oh use the prod use the prod it's amazing <laughs> and they're just like this wee pink digit and come out and what happened? Like you wasted your turn, sucker! <laughs> uh, yeah, the ninja rope was great because you could really get you could get serious velocity on it. And you just see like a little pink what's it flying just, off into space. I always just loved in Armageddon the baseball bat and get someone on the edge and just oh, see yeah. how far you can pump the it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, would, they would skim the, wor- the worms' court. Oh yeah, you, skim, could, yeah. you could skim them along the water. Yeah, <laughs> but that, like oh, worms to me is just I just don't understand. I was fallen from grace so far because the 3D ones are obviously crap because they're too complicated. Well, if, but you look, the if you look down there on the PlayStation One list, there's <laughs> Hogs of War. Ah. Yes, which if you pull that one out, yeah, we're going to try to destroy yeah. all your stuff. No, that's all right. Yeah. Interestingly, voiced entirely by Rick Mail. Oh, oh my God. God, it's not, is it? Really? Yes. Rest in peace. And he, he he left us this year. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna have to. Um, if we can, uh, unfortunately, my PS3 doesn't uh, doesn't play uh, really? PS1. Nah, no, I've tried it. I was really gutted about that. <laughs> yeah. about smoke some pork! Exclamation mark! Read out the back of the box, Rick. What? To gain con- what do you want from this? Yeah. To gain control of infinite swill, you must first conquer the islands of Australia. <laughs> With a crack troop of hard hogs, you must eliminate all opposition using the latest weaponry known to swine kind. Using the vocal talents of Rick Mayle, star of BBC TV's The Young Ones and Bottom, Hogs of War is the ultimate multiplayer 3D battlefield. Now, this was um, not made by Team 17. It was actually done, I think, by Infograms. So, it was like that 3D worms. What worked actually really well about it was that the levels were kind of very hilly and rolly. Kind of, um, so, there wasn't breaks like actually having to like yeah. land up. It wasn't like you're playing in a living room where you've got a tabletop and you've got chairs and stuff. So it was more about like, it was almost like curling or something because you would throw a grenade but you're more about trying to bank it off and like let it to roll around yeah. someone. Like they hit them off into water or it was very grid based. It did, it did um, actually work. Yeah, And it worked really well. Like once you got used to it, it was actually more like tank battles than yeah, anything yeah. else. I just like on the front cover, it's like a full metal jacket rip-off, and it says, Born to Grill. Yeah. <laughs> it, also, it also describes it as the, it's last size standing against cunning computer enemies or up to three of your mates in the funniest and most politically incorrect game of soldiers ever. Well, yeah, okay. That, that's the problem with worms. The problem with worms for me was the political correctness, which had yeah. gone mad by the 3D series. I think that's when it really fell from grace. They replaced the holy hand grade with the generic religion bomb. You yeah. know, it just really went. Which really sounds like worse than anything. The political correctness, where you could change all your worms' voices to lots of different accents, including a really bad Scottish accent. And the Scottish well, well, and Scouse and Irish and stuff. Well, See you. <laughs> well, that's in Hogs of War. You've got it's like French, German, Italian, mm. and, ah, okay. and the British is like the old Tommy British, ew, probably right, ew. Uh. Um, but yes, uh, worms. You're right, because it's, it's strange because it's like the the 2D game. You don't really need to do much more. No, well, it's so like, the base yeah. level works. 
It feels like it, it needs the kind of I don't know, like Pac-Man Championship treatment yeah. or something. Well, or I kind of, but but they but see they did this. So they did they did Worms 3D and Worms 4, and then they went back to doing 2D ones because in Team 17's quest to release Worms on every single console ever, <laughs> they um they brought out but they brought out with like Worms and a Worms 2 mm-hmm. on Xbox Live Arcade and they were in 2D, but they still weren't as good because it got that weird. Worms 3D aesthetic to them. I just want Worms Armageddon back well, again. Well, I think they, they, they just they just they just hit they just yeah. perfected it with yeah. Armageddon, yeah. and you can't you know once you got to perfection, the only way to go is imperfection. Because Worms because so. Worms Two was the one that uh, Worms Two and Armageddon, and I think World Party was the next one. They're all very similar. Yeah, Worms Armageddon. On Worms Armageddon is basically Worms Two perfected, if you like, with yeah, the extra exactly. weapons, like the, the concrete donkeys and stuff, yeah. and they. Super sheep. Super sheep. Doing it. Uh, and you got the um, the aqua sheep as well. Yeah. You could get in a crate and they could go underwater. That was amazing. Yeah. The way it looked on the screen with like those two eyes, one big eye and one little eye. It's just great. And the snorkel. But, they, but, but then you just, for whatever reason, they just they kind of, you kind of struck gold and then there was just nothing else to do but to keep releasing new Worms games. And I mean, it's, there isn't, there's not like a, I'm trying to think how you would do it for like a mobile platform. Because you could either do live connection if you were lucky enough to get people and have them stick around but you could do that as an asynchronous I'll play my move I mean it would take a hell of a long time because Worms even then like uh, a match could actually last a while if you if you really wanted it to so you can maybe do like an asynchronous I'll play move send it to you I think Worms would be perfect for turn by turn mm. you can do turn by turn like Civ 5 you know yeah no just anything like that it's not because um, all those games like I don't know it's like, yeah, well, you can do Worms with friends Mm-hmm. And um, draw something. Remember that. Remember yes. that. Yeah, it sold for billions. That flash in the pan. Billions. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> the game made money off it. Well done. I would, I would happily flash something into a pan for me that much oh, money. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd sure well, draw something. Titanfall was a bit of a flash in the pan as well, wasn't it? Just well, I don't know. I don't know that much about it. No, no, I. Like, normally, I would just silly for me. It was normally, normally, if it's just Craig and I, I'll just say any old chip. But with you here, I feel like I need to justify my opinions a bit more and go. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean. I think it was... I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I really like Titanfall. It's just, it seemed to, like... I think because it has such a, like, a... Because um, like, the thing with multiplayer games is it's all about the... the you can't predict what's going to happen to a certain extent. You know, yeah. so, like, Call of Duty... But the reason play, people play Call of Duty, they'll just buy Call of Duty once every year yeah. and just play it and play it and play it and play it. It's because every match is slightly different. And you get yeah. that with Left 4 Dead as well. It's slightly different. But Call of yeah. Duty, like, Modern Warfare, was a really excellent game. That happened to come out on Christmas 2007, which was when the 360 was really hitting its stride. So it was like the perfect combination of stuff. The same thing with Halo 2. Like it came out for the Xbox in 2004 when people were finally starting to get broadband and take mm. their consoles online. It was just a perfect, the perfect storm. Mm. They made it like a massive online success. Yeah. I think. Well, you played the Titanfall demo, didn't you? At Eurogamer. We played the demo at Eurogamer. That was brilliant. Yeah. Played the beta, and I was like, oh. It's the same as the demo. Well, this, this is the thing, like, the structure of every match is essentially the same. You start off with your pilots and you run around jumping off walls, scooting about, and then you get some titans and then you have a bit of a mixed battle and then everyone has a titan. And then the match ends and you have that epilogue where the losing team try and escape in the dropship and the winning team try and kill them before they can get there. And, that, and I think because of that structure, which is quite rigid... Mm-hmm. I think people found it to be quite repetitive, even though it still has that kind it, of multiplayer unpredictability. It, it, it kind of accentuates the fact that you're you're repeating through it. Yeah. Whereas, whereas with a, a traditional Call of Duty stage, um, you would go in and you would play, um, and really the progression that would happen, the equivalent of getting your Titanfalls was once certain people would rack up your kill streaks. Kill you would then get rewards, so maybe a helicopter would come in, or you'd get your your predator drones and that kind of thing. But like, what's more? But what's more repetitive? What what can be more repetitive in a game with something like Quake Three or Unreal Tournament or Call of Duty? Like every game is not the same, but extremely similar compared to something like yeah. Worms, where every terrain's randomly generated. You get different crate drops, and you do like you do have situations where. Sometimes people end up all clustered together and you I blow each other apart, or sometimes you these protracted battles between, you know, two. What's the plural of the word? Precipice? Precipices? Yeah. Two precipices Precipi. on either side. Precipi? Yeah. Precipomus? <laughs> and, um. <laughs> but, think, but, but with those games where you've got your beginning, middle, and end, like in Call of Duty or Worms, it's through. That that's kind of formed through the fact that more en- uh, more worms are getting taken down. Uh, it's, a so more, it's a bit more organic. So you it's mean organic. Falls it's a bit more to it's very yeah. yeah. It's like chapters. It's time limit, time set, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's that is then you're just wait- if you're not having fun. It's alright. It's not. It's not making as much noise. Um, just, just my elbows. 
it just accentuates the the fact that it's the same structure over and over whereas the Call of Duty's they don't quite have that same no. you know at this point this thing will happen at that point that thing will happen and so on and so forth and I would like I said I really like Titanfall and I think I would I really want to go back to it when I get an opportunity but I'll it, I'll play it with you when it doesn't cost forty five quid or whatever. It was quite like I said, yeah. I, I would have I would have gone for a thirty pound impulse buy, but part of the problem was it came out on Origin, which yeah. it seemed things seemed like it in Dragon Age, obviously, and then the U Play ones like Far Cry, they always seem a bit more. Oh, so they're, they're 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 more expensive than they used to be. PC games have kind of ramped up to console level prices if you buy services. them digitally yeah if you buy them digitally yeah if you get on Amazon you still get them for like 20, 35 but can you buy Titanfall on a disc for the PC I should imagine so yeah I'm not tried I'll be honest mm. but um, I should imagine so because that's like one of the things I, if Valve released new games I couldn't see them releasing like Left 4 Dead 3 like I've got a le- I have Left 4 Dead 2 well, they have I them. have Left 4 Dead 2 on disc yeah. for the PC and it's really just a Steam code in a box and you can install it you know yeah. but I if they bring out since Portal 2 was yeah. the last one which they went um, disc, oh, yeah, was but, a, but subsequently they've released Dota 2, and that is just digital download yeah. as far as I'm but, aware. But it's, but it's free to play anyway. I know, but they even brought then, it you could, there's, there's yeah, other yeah. games which you could still... Would you... And then they get, update, and they get updated can, so frequently anyway that if you put if you put the Left 4 Dead 2 disc in now, mm-hmm. installed it, and then updated it, you'd probably have to download away another 10 gig to play the thing anyway. Yeah, but that's just, they're still selling World of Warcraft boxes, yeah. and stores, uh, the, the, the starter edition, which is the, the basically the free kind of trial you can get where you go to level 20 or something. Yeah. But you still have to buy the... Yeah, still but buy you'd it. still be buying £10 for that, even though you can just go and download the mm. thing for free. Interesting. Mm. Aren't video games so fascinating, guys? Mm. Especially when you play with friends. But things have kind of inverted a bit. Like, yeah, going back three years to the last podcast, and we, you know, we could actually make an argument for consoles. I could, I could sit here and make an argument. You can make flimsy, flimsy as it was, but I, I find it harder and harder to make that argument now. You can make an argument for a console, the Wii U. Yeah. Because they're, they're genuinely, although it doesn't have necessarily quite as wide a game range like the Wii did, but they're all the games there you can't get anywhere. God's, else. God's and, Joybox, Dreamcast, and it, too. And, and it's also reasonably priced as well, you know. Well, it's 250 quid with. Mario Kart is yeah. All um, you need is Bayonetta two, and you sort of yeah. So you know, but, yeah, but like yeah. you know, all the other stuff, sort of Xbox stuff, comes out on PC, and the PC just has yeah. so much you can you can't get elsewhere, like uh, Elite Dangerous, all your online games, Planet yeah, Side two, stuff like that. All, all the Planet Side oh. two is coming out on PS four next year. And all year, your all your indie games, all now you've those, got, yeah. And now you've got the itchio games, whatever, like all yeah. these games games for a dollar and stuff all these random stuff it's like it was like a lucky dip of, of fun indie games you seen any of this uh, Captain Toad's Captain Toad's treasure tracker yeah, yeah. well it's a, that's interesting because it's like because Nintendo pumped it out in under a year it's a little bit cheaper and really really very good well it was going to be a, a side game in 3D World yeah 3D I think World. there are there are some Captain Toad-esque levels there in 3D are, World yeah. and then they expanded upon that but like it's, it's such a, a sort of dumb thing to say but I looked at it and went that's a game like, I recognise yeah. that as a gamey game. Yeah, no, that, but the Wii U is gamey, it's gamey games. And I'm looking through, because I bought the, the PS3, and I'm trying to look through for sort of games to go back and catch up and get. And I don't want to be in, I don't want to be shooting things with a gun. And I've got bad news. surprisingly, <laughs> I know, <laughs> surprisingly knocks out a yeah. lot of the catalogue. Uncharted 2. It's a lot of shooting guys. I'm kind of getting bored of it right now. Getting bored of Uncharted 2? Getting bored of it already. That's like like the most fun you can have. Well, not with your trousers on, but, you know. (laughs) It's the most fun you can have trousers half off. Um... (laughs) But uh, no, it's 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 I, I like there's a lot of shooting in it. But the first, if you if you get sick of the shooting in the first in Uncharted Two, Uncharted One will put you away. It is no, really it's really dull. It was a real slog. It's to the, the many clips into enemies to take them down is what's kind of get always I'm turn, probably just going to wrap difficulty. I'm just there, yeah, that's that's I'm very much at that stage right now. Um, but well, the PS3, like once you take away the games you've already played in the 360 and the big name games, there's quite a lot of weird indie things in that, like Flow and Flower Flo and Flower, Journey. Journey. You get like your Fumido Oera games, so your Shadow of the Colossus, yeah, Ecos, and your, a lot of like weird JRPGs and stuff. And then you can pick up the PS2 games you probably didn't play, like Zone of the Enders and things like that. And 
Well, I played I played them back in the, 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 the PS2 games. I looked over at your shelf to check if you had it, and you didn't. So I thought, no, it, would, I, I I thought did. it would take a wild punt. No, I had far more far more games than what's there. Those were just the ones that I saved because I sold all my old games. Um, those were the ones that I kept. For some reason, Quake Two, I decided but, to keep. But whenever we come round to your house, how are we going to know you're a real gamer if you don't have three <laughs> cabinets of games? There's books in this shelf. Well, I'm not. There is. But look, look, look down there in that box down there. There's a Mario doll, sort of hidden in the back, creepily. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, mind I was saying, there's like a Neil Young shrine. That is it over there. Neil, Neil Young, Young shrine. There's Kevin Smith shrine. A giant worms picture in your bathroom. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, giant worms in your bathroom? <laughs> yeah, go have a look at it. Quick, <laughs> no! Put it away! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute. I didn't see an Alan Shrine. Where's that picture I sent you? What picture? I don't know. You know the naked one. <laughs> maybe That's the desktop. Maybe, maybe I got your address wrong. Oh, you've got a naked one. <laughs> oh, you got that for Christmas, Rick. Sorry. Sorry. I'll get, I'll get you well, one. Technically, it was Gemma that opened it. It was a bit of a shock, I think. Fine. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> what, can I, what can I say? There's a different kind of worms posed there. <laughs> five inches Jeez. out of ten. Hey! Ten inches out of five. <laughs> Split. No, no. Well, these things grow. Right, well, I think, I, I think that's the end, isn't it? Yeah, I, that's think, it. I think we've just scraped the bottom of the barrel there. Yeah, or or as, as, as Johnny Lou once wrote in a, uh, a piece of the Telegraph, that we've, we've burst through the bottom of the barrel, we're feasting in the frothy silt, silt below. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, it's been good having you. Let's do it again in three years. Thank you very much. <laughs> do we do a sign-off? No, we still haven't got one. Well, okay, right, let's come up with one. So, <laughs> goodbye. 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 Lovely, just do that every time. I don't know how we're going to get somebody to do two voices at once. <laughs>